0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Fonication, the podcast dedicated to body positivity. No matter your size, your number of appendages, amount of eyeballs, whatever your body looks like, it's natural. I'm your not completely natural bodied host, Jack, and thank you so much for joining me today. If you're joining me from one of the states affected by the gas shortages, what the fuck, right? Those lines are insane. Thank God I'm not in a position where I have to spend like two hours wasting gas just so I can fill up my car with gas. I really feel bad for the people who are in a situation where like they have to do that because if they don't go to work tomorrow, they lose their jobs. Like I'm, I'm in a really great position and I kind of take it for granted sometimes. Very, very lucky. This whole like year and a half has shown me that, but we are going to move on from that before it manages to degrade into a discussion about oil. But speaking of oil, let's talk about hippos. (laughs) Did you think that was a weird segue? It it was. I only pretend I've improved on that. I actually have not, but realistically the two are related as long as you're talking about oil in like the generic sense and not oil as in fuel or petroleum or anything like that. Also, this obviously means that today's episode is about hippos. I feel like I started the episode without giving you guys warning that the episode is starting. So, hippo oil. Hippo oil is real, but it's less horrifying than other animal oils like whale oil. That's only because unlike whales, hippos secrete oil naturally. We don't have to do anything to make the oil, it just comes out of the hippo, pre-produced and perfect. Apparently, the Greeks actually used hippo oil for bathing, kind of like you know a spa day sort of thing. But I haven't actually been able to find a source to confirm that, so jury's out. I also know that there is a wood varnish called hippo oil, but I also haven't been able to determine if it's like hippo oil, like from hippos, or if it's oil by a brand named Hippo. <laughs> like there's there's no information on this thing. I just see that like there's a couple cans sold on eBay and I see that some people are asking what it is and no one's answering. <laughs> Anyways, either way, the point that I'm trying to make is that hippos make oil. They secrete it from their skin, which gives them this beautiful sheen. It's a desirable trait in hippos, it's a less desirable trait in humans, which is exploited by the skincare industry to the tune of $145 billion, which I very much so contribute to. (laughs) So hippos are semi-aquatic creatures, which is why their name translates from Greek to river horse, which I dislike because they don't look like horses, but whatever. So most semi-aquatic creatures have like a lot of hair. Think otters, right? Lots of hair. But that means that the silky, smooth, slimy, skin-covered hippo kind of stands out from that trend because, you know, just skin. That hair generally protects the semi-aquatic creatures from the harsh sunlight they end up spending an extended period of time in. Hippos obviously need the same type of protection from the sun, but they don't have the hair like other creatures do. So, they started secreting a shit ton of oil. The oil absorbs the light, and its effectiveness at absorbing light happens to be in the ultraviolet range which happens to be the range that the sun operates in, so it happens to be an excellent sunscreen and body temperature regulator. So fantastically, the oil also has a second benefit. There are two pigments in the oil. There's a red one called hipposudoric acid and an orange one called norhiposudoric acid. Do you see the word hippo thrown into that acid name? (laughs) And both of those are, of course, acids, which means it's acidic, obviously. And you know what secreting acid oils from your skin is really, really good for? Preventing the growth of bacteria, especially the red acid. It basically acts as a layer of liquid antibiotics lathered all over its skin, waiting for bacteria to kill or wounds to protect. It's pretty dope. Like, imagine if you walked around with a thick layer of hydrogen peroxide as a lotion. (laughs) Although I don't actually know if it stings them the way that hydrogen peroxide stings us. I also don't know if humans can use hippo oil as an antiseptic for ourselves. I feel like probably. Like it just, it makes sense to me that it would, but I'm also not a chemist, so what the fuck do I know? I did ask some people though, so maybe I can follow up with you guys, we'll see. <laughs> Anyways, there actually is a third benefit to the oil, but I admit this is completely subjective. When the hippo initially secretes the oil, it starts out as you know clear, colorless, but after a couple minutes, it turns red because of the red and orange pigments in the acids. But it's why the oil is often called blood sweat. Because it seriously fucking looks like the hippo is just sweating blood. And that is just so metal and I wish I could do that. Like not constantly like a hippo, just like at parties or when I'm catcalled actually. <laughs> just dude catcalls and I just start bleeding from all of my pores and start chanting and orcish or something. Like I doubt he would ever catcall again. <laughs> But, despite the name being scientifically inaccurate, because it's acid, not blood, and hippos can't sweat, so it's not sweat, I absolutely accept the term, based on aesthetic. And I am hereby appointing myself as the authority on aesthetic acceptability of biology-based terminology, based on no credentials. In the same vein, well not a real vein, but in the same vein, there is a common factoid that likes to circulate the internet, that hippos have pink milk. Basically the red hipposudoric acid mixes with the white milk. And if you studied your color wheel as a kid, you know that obviously red plus white makes pink. Correct in terms of color theory, incorrect in terms of biology. There is zero entire evidence to suggest that hipposudoric acid is secreted into breast milk. Like, it doesn't happen. Plus, like, we have captive hippos. We have nature documentaries. We have the internet. We can find pictures of hippo milk. Like, it's whitish. Like, you can just see the hippo milk and... We've observed hippo milk and it's, it's white, like all mammals. All mammals have white milk. If it's not white, there's something wrong with you. Please go to a doctor. But yeah, that's a boring answer, I'm so sorry. But I can tell you that if it did secrete into breast milk and turn the milk pink, it would absolutely taste like strawberry milk, just more gamey, of course, than your typical domesticated strawberry milk. I'm kidding, it's called hipposudoric acid. It's acid. Do you think that would mix well with milk? Fucking no! Like, do you mix your orange juice in the same glass as your milk for breakfast? Only if you're a fucking psychopath who enjoys drinking your solids like curdled milk. Disgusting! I bet you drink cottage cheese by the gallon too. I bet you add Cheeto powder to your milk and think it's no different than adding cocoa powder to make chocolate milk if you do any of those things, I absolutely fucking hate you. Like, I feel like I'm a pretty tolerant, open kind of person. Like the line you have to cross to be over the line with me is so far away, but that is so fucking blatantly over the line of acceptable behavior. And like, oh my God, now I'm imagining somebody like drinking acidic vomit from a drinking glass. Well, okay, I need, I need to take some medication. I need to move on. You guys probably need to move on Let's move on straight back into hippos. I'm so sorry. So now that I've given you a long winded explanation of a very specific part of their anatomy, let me go backwards for some reason and talk about it more generally. Hopefully you guys can get by without me telling you what a hippo looks like because if not, not judging you, but come on, that's weird that you don't know. So a hippo is an unusual animal as it's one of the last living megafauna. Honestly, depending on your definition of megafauna, there's, there's two definitions. One is animals who have more mass than a human, which is less cool, because then like a deer is a megafauna. And that's not acceptable, especially not like aesthetically acceptable, which I am now the authority on. The other definition is animals that weigh over one ton, much cooler, absolutely acceptable by my aesthetic standards. Needless to say, we're going with the cool version. And since most megafauna species were extinct by the end of the Pleistocene period, the current living megafauna like hippos and elephants and whales are all oddities. And of course, they are awesome. Although, obviously, the previous versions of our current living megafauna from the Pleistocene period were even more mega-sized, like woolly mammoths compared to elephants, or, or even woolly rhinos compared to rhinos. But there are exceptions to almost every rule. The extinct versions of megafauna like whales and hippos were not more mega sized for whales. They were typically smaller and for hippos, they were either similar in size or miniature, which is interesting because hippos closest living relatives are cetaceans. So cetaceans are whales, dolphins, and porpoises. You'd think pigs or rhinos, or even cows, but you would be wrong. None of those are semi-aquatic. They don't have any relation to hippos at all, even though they have kind of a similar ish appearance. So what most likely happened, this is the current theory, but what probably happened was a common ancestor who was semi-aquatic, was super happy with his life as a river horse and was scared of change and never did anything new and became the hippopotamus we all know and love today. However, a different individual of the same common ancestor or semi-aquatic species was like, fuck this, I need adventure, I need to see the ocean, this individual's name was probably Moana, and eventually they turned into a whale eventually the blue whale, the largest animal that's ever existed in the history of the world, like including ancient megafauna. But weirdly, it looks like the fact that ancient hippos and ancient whales weren't ultra-mega-sized is actually just a coincidence, even though they're related to each other, like you would think it's connected, but that's just a coincidence. (laughs) Some species of ancient hippos, like the Malagasy hippo and the Cyprus dwarf hippo, were smaller due to a phenomenon called insular dwarfism. Basically, you live in a smaller goldfish bowl, so you don't grow very big, right? Those species lived on islands, you know, Cyprus and Madagascar are both islands. So it would have been actually really detrimental to be so huge because you would have just run out of food. Whereas the hippos on Africa were able to be large and never needed to vary their size very much. So they stayed pretty constant. Whales on the other hand were smaller simply because they started out close to the same size as hippos, but then just ended up growing super massive like honestly if you're the reigning champion for biggest animal that ever lived obviously all your ancestors are going to be smaller because you're just that huge like if you're the biggest obviously no one before you was bigger that's just how math works so if you're disappointed like i am that the miniature hippos i mentioned earlier are extinct i completely understand it's a tragedy but not all is lost there are two living species of hippos One is the common hippo that everybody thinks about, the hippopotamus amphibious. The other is your pygmy hippo. It is very fucking adorable. It's half the size and a quarter of the weight of your typical hippopotamus, only reaching a max shoulder height of just under three and a half feet. And that's max height. And it only reaches four to 600 pounds. I mean, a quarter of a hippo's weight is still a fucking lot. So like, yeah, it's still heavy. (laughs) But speaking of hippo's weight, let me address the hippo in the room. Hippos always get shat on for being fat and chubby, and that is not fair. Hippos' bodies are beautiful. They're just very, very big. Actually, hippo males seem to grow for their entire lives while hippo females stop in their 20s. But even though they're a very round shape, they're not actually fat. Their skin is two inches thick, but below that is the subcutaneous fat layer, which is actually remarkably thin, Especially for such a dumpy looking animal that you would, like, just by looking at it, you would expect it to have a lot of fat. It doesn't. So I would actually expect it to taste pretty bad because, you know, it's too tough and muscular, but apparently people have actually said that it tastes pretty good. I have never eaten a hippo, so cannot confirm. But the reason it ends up being so big is because its skeleton is so big and its skin is super thick. I can't find the actual body fat percentage, but it's low. Like bodybuilder low hippos are shredded dude no wonder they can kill you just super dead and i mean i mean super super dead put it this way steve irwin said the only animal that ever scared him is hippos which might be surprising if you're unfamiliar with hippo aggression but if you are familiar i'm sure you're completely on board because it's not enough that hippos can obviously crush you since they weigh three tons It's not enough that they can outrun you at speeds of 19 miles per hour, which I cannot run that fast. It's not enough that they have one of the strongest bite forces in the animal kingdom at 1800 PSI and the ability to stretch their jaws to almost 180 degrees. It's not enough that they have the ability to kill you, it's that they fucking will. Like look at a rhino, that looks like a killer. That animal looks like, stay out of my territory or I'll enjoy ripping out your guts. But no, it's not uncommon for a rhino to be wary of humans and retreat instead. Same with sharks, looks like a fucking serial killer animal. They kinda don't care. I'm not telling you to test that, obviously, please don't test that. But a hippo does not believe in retreat. They're fucking bloodthirsty, super aggressive. If you encroach on their territory, they don't give you a chance to say sorry and fix yourself, especially if they're around water, especially, especially if it's mating season. Especially, especially, especially if there's a baby and the mom is nearby, they will absolutely attack you or anything. They kill 500 humans every year in countless crocodiles, oxen, lions, honestly, anything that gets in their way. And it's not a good death. Honestly, it's, it's a horrible death. Like I said, bite force of 1800 PSI. Let me put that into perspective. If you're not familiar with PSI. Say you're the kind of weird person who works out your jaw muscles for whatever reason and you wanna have a super strong jaw, like you do jaw workouts every day and then you bite something as hard as you can, like almost breaking your jaw you're biting so hard. You might be able to break 200 PSI, maybe. Although if you're born with an abnormality that resulted in an absurdly large masseter muscle like Richard Hoffman of the terrifying state of Florida, then you would hold the Guinness World Record of 975 PSI but Richard is an outlier and should not be counted. An average human is going to be somewhere around 150 ish. A lion's bite force is only 650 PSI. The spotted hyena, if you listen to my very first episode has 1100 and is well known for acting like a garbage disposal, just chewing up and eating actual bones. It can snap your femur in half or more realistically, bite your leg clean off with honestly not enough effort to be fair. A hippo nearly doubles that. When it attacks, it regularly crushes its victim with its bite so hard that the victim is cut in half. And like I said, it's aggressive. I know people say that about captive lions and chimps and tigers, but this is to a whole other extreme of impossible to domesticate. So for example, there was a South African farmer named Marius Ells. I think is how you pronounce it, but he adopted a hippo and he named him Humphrey, which I appreciate, that's a good hippo name. But hippos are not good pets this is why so he said he would regularly feed him and actually ride him around and swim with him and even brush his teeth which is just fucking insane but the dude insisted that humphrey would never ever hurt anybody he was just so sweet and so gentle and i imagine he was probably a good hippo in general but like hippos are still aggressive And this is like, he said that the hippo would never hurt anybody, despite the fact that the hippo kept on killing his own calves and he was chasing people using the nearby river up a tree for hours. And then he he kept on breaking out of his enclosure because there's a, a, like a golf course nearby and he just wanted to terrorize everybody there and he did it well. (laughs) But after all of these like attacks, honestly, this dude did not pick up any red flags and kept on insisting that the hippo was not dangerous. And the hippo wasn't attacking anybody for any, like, reason, I guess. He was well-fed and wanted for nothing. And, I mean, hippos are herbivores, so it's not like he was looking for meat. He was just protecting his territory in his head. He was just being a normal hippo. And then one day, because Marius missed all of the giant, blaring, like, blinking red lights that the wild animal was a wild fucking animal who was aggressively protecting his territory, Humphrey ended up killing him. Just horrific bite marks. Like the dude was just, he was very much so dead. So do not try to pet hippos. And if you do try to pet one at the zoo and you think zookeepers are going to save you by killing the hippo like they did Harambe, think again. Remember that super thick skin I mentioned? Let's say your zookeeper is a very experienced and very skilled marksman. He can take down a hippo with something like a 40 caliber rifle but your zookeeper probably isn't. So he's going to need a rocket launcher, which would just take you out with the hippo. So they'll probably just sit there and roll their eyes while you're hemorrhaging. Maybe take a video if they're quick with their phones. Your odds don't look very good. So stay out of the hippo enclosure. Naturally, a huge reason why hippos are so goddamn aggressive and territorial is obvious. One, an overprotective mother, or of course, two, that sweet, sweet hippo pussy. Wow, that actually made me genuinely uncomfortable to say. I apologize. I should say sexual competition amongst males in a polygamous species. That sounded more appropriate. So as we've learned on this podcast journey, nearly no human kink is exclusive to humans. In fact, in my terrifying internet trawls, there is only one behavior I've been able to find that doesn't present in non-human animals. But that is for the next human series, coming soon. This particular kink I'm about to talk about that hippos have is, unfortunately, a rather common one in humans that I wish wasn't common, or at least it's common on the internet. Do not go to the side of the internet unless it's actually your thing. So in scientific terms, I'm talking about coprophilia. In real English, I'm talking about a poop fetish. So a male hippo checks if females are ready to mate by smelling her urine. So actually, I guess we can throw in piss fetish too. He checks her urine to determine if she's in estrus or not, which estrus is just a fancy word for in heat. And if she is, dude Bro will send her a love letter. He'll back his ass up towards her face and start peeing and shitting at the same time. And just to make sure the love letter gets delivered to her, he'll spin his tail around at the same time so it goes flying towards her face, like rather than straight down just towards her, like flying. <laughs> and ever the helpless romantic. If the female swoons and decides that she wants to mate with him, she sends her reply by shitting right back at him. (laughs) Just same method, tail spinning, sending it flying towards his face. Apparently it's sometimes referred to as submissive defecation, but I think I prefer hippo aggression and being bitten half over having people spray shit at me as a version of flirting. But for the female hippo, it's endearing, really gets her in the mood to make some babies. And speaking of babies, here's my segue again. Let's talk about population. The hippo is listed as vulnerable, which is not quite endangered, which is good. But the numbers are decreasing, and that's bad. But there is a subpopulation whose numbers are increasing, and you would think that's good, but it's secretly bad. I'll explain. Once upon a time, a young man from Colombia named Pablo Escobar, as in the drug lord Pablo Escobar, did exactly what a drug lord with too much money and a disregard for the law does he bought exotic animals. Specifically, he bought four hippos to roam around the grounds of his estate. And to be fair, I actually, I can't think of a single superior security system on the planet. But then in 1993, after Mr. Kingpin Escobar was killed, the police obviously went to his estate, saw the hippos and thought, oh fuck no. They deemed the hippos too difficult to seize, but I think we all know they were just being baby back bitches, which I can relate to. They decided to let them roam unattended on the grounds, figuring, hey, it's just four hippos. They're happy, they're fed, they're fairly isolated. What could happen? Well, the hippos could have sex, stupid idiots, which they did. And for some reason, this new subpopulation reaches sexual maturity faster than the African populations. So they're having sex and making babies earlier. So the population is growing faster. In 2007, there were 16 hippos. In 2014, there were 40. In 2019, it jumped to enough individuals that they can't keep track, so they're estimating 120. Like, how did they not see this coming? Come on. (laughs) And the projections for their population estimates, if left unattended, say that in a couple decades, we're looking at thousands of hippos in Colombia. (laughs) Exponential growth. It turns out hippos thrive in Colombia. They have no natural threats and a lot of food to support all that rigorous lovemaking and growing babies. And with over a hundred hippos now, they're not just confined to the grounds of Escobar's estate. They cover about 900 square miles of territory. So these hippos have managed to become an invasive species actually, which is crazy to me. Like usually invasive species are things like fish or vines and grasses, or honestly, cats and dogs. A hippo being on that list just doesn't really mesh with my reality. Turns out though, they are both great and terrible as an invasive species. (laughs) On one hand, they actually fill an ecological niche that had been vacant until they came along, forming a Pleistocene rewilding project, and they provide nutrients into the water by shitting massive piles of poop directly into the water. But on the other hand, they're shitting massive piles of poop directly into the water? (laughs) Ignoring the threats to human health, it also caused the deaths of fish and increased the growth of algae. And they also eat a whole lot of food that other animals feed on and have been a threat to native species including endangered ones. Honestly, at the moment, the impact to the ecosystem, while felt, doesn't seem to be significant. But if we're looking at an exponential population growth to thousands of hippos, something needs to be done. But the problem is, literally no one knows what to do. You obviously can't go around killing vulnerable animals, especially ones targeted by the ivory trade because their canines are made from ivory and especially since killing it is difficult and takes a while, which is just an extended amount of time for the animal to be in pain. So the obvious answer seems to be birth control, but looks like that's unrealistic too. So first of all, capturing a wild hippo t- in order to sterilize it is very, very difficult and is very, very dangerous. They did it once in 2017. They caught, castrated, and released a male, and it took a lot of effort to the tune of 50,000 US dollars. And naturally, because this is nature, and as Jeff Goldblum says, life finds a way. A captive hippo in the LA Zoo who was on birth control freaked out everyone by giving birth to a calf, anyways. So, sterilization doesn't seem to be a realistic option. And doing nothing is also, obviously, not a realistic option. So, there are currently zero plans to do anything about it because no one can come up with a plan. Which is unfortunate because this is. I don't know, this could blow up really bad. But it does end up answering the question of what would have happened in 1910 if a spy named Frederick Russell Burnham had been successful in his plan to use hippos to solve an ecological problem after he heard the suggestion by a different spy that he had once been assigned to kill named Robert Broussard, who was simultaneously assigned to kill Burnham and planned to import hippos to Louisiana to be raised on swamp farms to solve the meat crisis. That was a fucking mouthful, I know, but it was a real-ass story, so let me give it to you in not a run-on sentence. Basically, Broussard figured the swamps of Louisiana aren't good for farming, like, you can't put cows there for meat because a cow can't graze there, but a hippo would thrive grazing in a swamp. I mean, it's already kind of their natural environment. So let's farm them on that otherwise unproductive land and make hippo burgers, like, <laughs> like you've heard of ostrich burgers why not hippo burgers he actually he told it to teddy roosevelt who immediately got on board he was all about it so burnham heard this and he was like whoa hippos are herbivores and while they're grazing they would totally eat up all of this invasive water hyacinth win-win situation here we get hippo burgers we get an invasive species eradicated ignoring that hippos would be an invasive species of course like how do you lose here So with Teddy Roosevelt's approval, the two actually gave a congressional speech and they were met with waves of approval and admiration. The newspapers adored them and considered them geniuses and people were fucking ready for this shit to happen. But before we could pull the trigger on transplanting hippos into the United States, people figured out landscaping and the meat crisis was solved and the whole hippo farm idea just fizzled. (laughs) I I really don't think I could top that because that was just wild, so I'm actually going to end the episode here on a high note. Actually, no, I lied. I know I'm going to get a question about this because hippopotamus ends in U.S. So what is the pluralization of hippopotamus since I rant so much about the plural of octopuses not being octopi because it's a Greek word, not a Latin one. It's octopuses or octopodes, which is actually pronounced octopodes. I feel like a fool now. I just found that out. (laughs) But hippos, is it Hippopotamides, Hippopotamodes? hippopotamides. Anyways, the answer is that I couldn't find a definite answer, and I feel like a failure. I am so sorry. But I will give you guys a consolation prize. I have this friend who's a linguist in a couple Arabic dialects, and he told me a slang term for hippopotamus in, I think it was Farsi. Don't hold me to that. But he said that the slang term for hippo is Sayyid Kirsh which apparently means Mr. Cream due to the oil it secretes all over its skin. But then I actually have another friend who is also a linguist and he told me it actually means Mr. Beer gut. Both are hilarious to me. And I hope somehow both are true, (laughs) but who knows if either of them are true. They might've been trolling me. Unfortunately, while I also speak a foreign language, it's not that one. And it's also not even a similar one. And the term for hippo in the language that I speak just translates to hippo. Boo. Anyways, I definitely should have ended the episode when I said I would, I'm sorry. But don't forget that I am donating and matching every single Patreon donation for the month of May. In order to help Kakapos, excuse me, Kakapos, the the critically endangered flightless parrot famous for trying to have sex with Stephen Fry's zoologist friend, please help them out. And you know what, fuck it. If you pledge $5 or more, I will send you a free t-shirt and stickers. Why not? For the Kakapos. Anyways, I love you guys. I upload every other hump day, so I'll see you next time. Bye!